Are you looking to buy or sell real estate? You've got questions, we've got answers. Welcome to the show, it's gonna be great. Featuring Matt and Jen from Home Team For You. And now, without further ado, it's Matt and Jen. Thank you, Jacob. All right. Like the mask. Yes, we are. America. I just have the white diaper on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we are back wearing our masks, but that's okay. We're keeping people safe. So today's episode, we have uh, some of our team members in here. So you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, Mr. Brendan? Uh, Hello, everyone. My name is Brendan Grabowski. I'm back on the podcast today. Uh, Excited to be here. Uh, Thanks for having me. All right, Mr. Luke. Hello, guys. Luke Depre. Yes, I'm back as well with my friend Brennan here, and we are excited to just talk about right. nothing in particular. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to do some fun stuff with you guys today. We're pretty excited to show off all your smarts. Yeah, we're excited as well. Right, Luke? <laughs> yeah, we're excited. Not nervous. Just very excited. Uh-huh. <laughs> Completely <laughs> confident in our abilities. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of becoming more subconscious. Like my white diaper comment is becoming more relevant like i'm wearing a diaper <laughs> poor guy i need a different mask it's a it's yeah a, now that you can see it yeah it looks horrible that mask is <laughs> it brings out the whites of your eyes hey it's it's uh issued by the government exactly yeah that's a u.s census mask for anybody really that has a keen eye yes that is from the u.s census that's i don't feel like this is very protective as a mask no it's more of like a don't make die. you feel better thing than i don't know so they made them like wear diapers on their faces. Yeah. No, they offered to hand out diapers. Oh, like the agents wore their own masks, but if they knock on somebody's door, they have these masks, and they're like, "Hey, do you want to wear this mask before I talk to you and invade your home and ask you questions?" So, so I'm not protected. That's what you're wearing. Great. Yeah, it's from the government. It's official. Hmm. <laughs> All right, what do we got going on, Jacob? Yes, please. Podcast. All right. Well, you know, today what I thought would be great. For Brendan and Luke, is if they get uh, challenged. So they're some of the younger agents on our team, and so there's a there's this conception out there that if you're young, you don't know what you're talking about. And uh, let's let's find out if that's true. But my I guess <laughs> the other thing is, does that mean that if you've been doing it for a long time, you should know what you're doing? Because longevity doesn't necessarily mean they know what they're doing. <laughs> Well, you know, if you've been doing it a long time, there is an assumption you do know what you're doing, but it's true. You might not. Right. Or you just do it really wrong. For That's a long true. time. That's true. Mm-hmm. Or there is people, there are people that are twice our age that have the same like amount of experience that we do. It's just people might assume they have more experience or more sure. knowledge bec- just because of their age. By nature of us being a little bit younger, like that assumption, we tend to run into it a little more often because, you know, if you're dealing with people that are twice your age and you're helping them through the biggest asset purchase of their life, like they'll naturally have those questions. So, yeah. So in your experience, like what is, uh, how do you overcome that when somebody assumes you are just a dumb kid, I guess? (laughs) (laughs) Well, a lot of times they'll like, they'll question your legitimacy by asking, I mean, and it's, it's not always out of a bad place. It's just out of a place of genuine interest. But if, if they meet you for the first time and it's, you know, it's obvious that you're a bit younger. They'll say like, well, how many homes have you sold? How long have you been in the industry? That sort of thing. Uh, for, for me and Brendan, I, we have like the extreme advantage of being able to rely on our team and especially like first starting out, 
you're, you're not able to answer those questions. You can't say, yeah, I sold 30 homes last year. Um, my first, my first home sale ever, the very first question they asked me was how long have you been in the business? And I was just like, well, this is my first year. I didn't really know what else to say. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, you learn, the more you do it, the more you learn to overcome them. And the best way to kind of not dismantle those those attacks and they're not attacks they're just genuine questions but it's just demonstrating you know what you're talking about and you know what you're doing and people become more comfortable with you and they they don't question your your knowledge your legitimacy i yeah. think going back to my original comment about if you're older doesn't mean you know what you're doing we run into that all the time where agents that have been doing it for a long time have no idea what the market changes might be or mm -hmm. because industry changes so fast that if you unless you're in it a lot you miss it Sure. So they have the, at least with, even though they're newer agents, they have the advantage of, you know, having the team keep them up to date about what's going on. I mean, if you think about what's just happened in the past month and in the past week, you know, like the, the MLS changed the rules this week. And now like that opens a whole new Pandora's box that if you, you got to think about what you're going to do with those new rules. And then the market, every time the market shifts, it's like a different ball game. Yeah, and you hear you hear everybody else on the team telling them what's going on and what they're experiencing, and then they can relay that to their agents or to their clients that, you know, unless you're part of something like this, you're not going to know that. Yeah. Yeah, I know when I started in real estate at 22, it was, I, I got the same stuff that you guys uh, get sometimes, but I have a different perspective on it as being, you know, your team leader because I know that, like, I was... I knew what I was talking about. And so it, it really had nothing to do with age. And if I didn't know what I was talking about, I would find out and I was going to probably work harder than a lot of people. What's a water softener, Jen? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's for another day. But, but didn't, didn't you even pull some, some tricks when you were younger to try to make yourself appear older? Like you were telling me one time about like your headshot or something like that. Yeah. I had my headshots taken and then I immediately colored my hair. <laughs> So when I would hand out my business card, I would say, oh, yeah, these were taken a while ago. I did that, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I did look pretty young. I was, I was 22. I mean, I was – but it was, it was all right. So you can relate to what we go through. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. For mm -hmm. sure. Um, I just wanted to chime in here and just kind of go off of what Luke's saying. Um, Luke and I talk about this uh, often just because, honestly, anytime we meet a new person, this is a bigger question that always gets asked. Um, when Luke and I talk about it, I mean, with anything that you do in your life, uh, I think whether it's work or whatever, you have to earn it. And I don't think either Luke and I back away from the challenge of earning someone's confidence in like a big transaction like this. And honestly, like, yeah, like I think Luke and I are very knowledgeable to back up like what we're doing and to prove it to him that way. But I think in a way, a big thing that a lot of people have problems with with a realtor is communication. Mm -hmm. And I think just being younger and more tech savvy, uh, I don't mm. know. I'm not I don't know if I'm speaking for Luke here as well, but I'm on my phone often. So like if they have a question or they reach out, uh, I feel like I'm just being very prompt about things is already a great start. Um, I know Luke talked about leaning on our team a lot as well. Um, just to get back with a quick answer for them really benefits us and always being on our phones, which can be, you know, there's downfall to that too. But <laughs> if someone has a question and we can quickly respond, I think that's a benefit and trying to earn their trust as well to not just leave them in the cold because I mean, communication is everything with a lot of people. Absolutely. So I think that's a good starting point for us. No, that's, that's a really good point too. And like you said, putting it in the broader 
uh, context of just technology and with relation to experience and how technology is evolving so quickly in the real estate world, like you have to know what you're doing. Um, we, we work with so many systems and so, so many types of software, whether it's not, whether it's like the MLS itself, our CRM, um, all the Zillow systems, every, everything we do basically is through technology. So it requires an immense knowledge of how those things work. And, and, you know, we have run into by, we have run into agents, um, like older agents who have more troubles with that technology. And just by nature of us being younger and we were born into a generation where technology is everywhere. I, I mean, people, even like people who are younger than me, I got my like first phone when I was 14, but obviously the next generation up, they'd never had mobile phones. Um, so we're able, like, we just are familiar with this stuff right off the bat a little bit more so mm. than other people might be. So we have, we do have it works to our right. advantage in some ways as well. So that's right. one way to I think, think about it. I think just going off of what you just said, I think like you were just talking about older agents, not to take any way, anything away from them, obviously, right. but we're just um, more easily able to adapt to like all the new softwares that we'll have to use or updates or whatnot. Like even when something's newly introduced to us, um, very easily, quickly to like adapt to that new software. And use it effectively. Yeah. And I think people underestimate how much, how important technology is in real estate because, like you said, it's all about communication. And these days, communication, talking over the phone is easily the best way to communicate with people, but that's not always realistic, especially when you're communicating with other agents. You're showing tons of homes every day. You're leaving feedback, that sort of thing. That's when technology really, like, kicks into gear, and you can use that to be efficient, and you can Mm -hmm. use that to be a much more efficient agent. So understanding that helps you out a ton. Back in my day, <laughs> before cell phones, before GPS, it's definitely a different pace now. Um, back then, the pace was still hectic, but the communication was a lot harder. Yeah. So it's definitely... I mean, when I first started at 22, I would mail people MLS sheets. You know how you email them or text yeah. them? Or fax. We Yeah, we would fax them. I mean, faxing was like a big thing. What's a fax? That was, like a big, that was like a big game changer was but faxing. Like emails just started to be popular. So I was like, oh, I'm going to email this. You have an email? I'm going to email it to you. Because to me, the mailing it, I was like, oh, this is so slow. Yeah. But... I like technology. I like new things. I like change. So yeah. that's that's one of the things that helps keep you young. You learn all we the things. We just keep hiring the younger people to keep us young. I <laughs> saw a meme and it was like this girl and she was probably a Gen Z. And she's like, how come my boss who, you know, makes three times mm-hmm. as much as me just had to ask me how to take something, you know, out of one format and make it into a PDF because <laughs> they didn't know how to do it. It's like, yeah. There's a little of that. But I do think with the younger generation, and I've learned this, is if you don't know how to do something, you Google it, you figure it out. Whereas I think maybe there are some people that are a little maybe older or my generation that are just like, well, I don't know. And they just kind of get stuck there. Whereas you can just go and figure it out. Well, that in combination with our team itself and Mm -hmm. our team leaders basically having resources available 24 seven and every there's someone if you ask the team there's someone who who knows the answer to your question and that being able to find those things out even if you, you're not going to know everything right off the bat but being able to know that you can get that information for your clients and you are able to get that information for your clients that that's that's a big thing too it's pretty powerful yeah right and, and promptly promptly it doesn't take long at all right and i've mm-hmm. had 
a lot of clients that are surprised at how fast I can get them information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, even charge for the minute. between <laughs> us, like I know me you and like me you and Jonah text each other like a decent amount, just asking questions. Like especially for for us younger people who don't have as much experience, like being able to bounce ideas off each other and just using each other as resources too is is big. Yeah, and it's nice. Like I mean, I've talked about this last time I was on the podcast, just being a part of a great team, but. I mean, some agents can look at each other as competition and our team looks at each other as just being able to be resources and help each other out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and it, being all in the same position uh, really is great to know you're not like the only one, you know, like just getting started or wherever you're at in your career, just being able to lean on your coworkers is really nice. So it's fun to see when they have, like when you guys have offers competing against each other and you're still cheering each other on. <laughs> yeah so so it's kind of a, a neat dynamic mm-hmm. and then we also have a ton of training so we want to make sure that you're always able to learn and uh i i think with a lot of agents coming in they don't necessarily get like our streamlined system and then the additional training it's just sort of like here go figure it out and i just in the rubric that I've made for the additional streamlined training, I was like, if I would have had this, like it would have been so awesome because you can just kind of concisely be like, okay, here's all of this. So that's what helps kind of make you guys be ahead of the curve because it's like, well, I already got that. I know that. Right. You don't have to learn it the hard way. <laughs> we have check-ins with these guys every week. And fortunately, I'm able to coach both of them. But most of the time, it's not talking a whole lot about the actual business part of it, but it's more about what's what you guys are going through yeah i think brendan and i just went through an hour and a half of just talking about investing in the future and that kind of thing yeah right like obviously like in our weekly check-ins yeah we talk about like where i'm at in a weekly basis and what i have questions on but it's nice to have that guidance when i'm thinking long-term goals and get that perspective of things like Honestly, their team, you can really get a different perspective no matter who you're talking to or what you need help with. But I think that also becomes something you can relate to your clients too, like if you come across investors. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're happy that, to share that knowledge. Yeah, so if we're sharing it with you, you share it with them and mm-hmm. it makes it all easier. That's a good yeah. point. I mean, think about how long me and me and you, Matt, just talked about that one, yeah. that Gulf Field property. How, right. many, how many minutes do you think we spent yeah. just talking <laughs> about that, talking about strategies, right. ways to get yeah. it sold and things to do? It's like, yeah, we talk about everything from clients to transactions to just getting stuff working. So yeah, yeah. Just, yeah the check-ins, check-ins are a great resource too, just to be able to bounce those ideas off in a, in a quick format. So mm-hmm. kind of like it. Yeah. I mean, as far as like, uh, I know we're talking about younger real estate, it's like realtors in the game. Um, but you and I, when we were talking about questions that we get and like obstacles that we have to overcome and we talked about how we get over them, I mean, like once we demonstrate, like we know what we're doing and that we can get everything that they need and help them in a promptly matter. I haven't dealt with someone that um, I had an issue earning their trust from that yeah. point. Did you color your hair? Uh, no, no, I did not <laughs> color checking. my hair. I, I tried pink for older. a week and then I got some bad feedback. Purple would have been better. No, but I feel like, uh, I don't know about you, Luke, but kind of embracing it in a way, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like, yeah, I'm younger, but. Uh, I'm confident what I'm doing and you know if you want to look at me as maybe you I have to earn your trust that's not a problem to me right because it should be earned no matter what your age is yes and and you know pride's not always a good thing but you can like sometimes you can't take 
um, pride in the fact that you are, you know, maybe younger than the average person out here doing this and you're able, you're able to make it work for your clients and um, you are doing those things. And like you said at the beginning, you, it does require more legwork because you don't know the questions you're getting asked. You don't know the answers to all those questions. So you've got to do the research. You've got to figure it out for your clients. But as you do that, you know, your, your knowledge just builds on itself and it becomes easier and easier and easier. And I think you'd be surprised how understanding people are too, as long as you can demonstrate to them that you are working for them. You're working mm-hmm. hard for them. If you don't know the answer to an explicit question right off the bat, and but they, but they trust you and they know that you will work to get that for them, they, I, in my experience, they're never going to yell at you. They're not going to be mad at you. Like it's a, it's a partner relationship. So you're working right. with them. And as long as you're on the same page about those things, you, you would be surprised how understanding your clients will be, mm-hmm. even when you are younger and maybe in some cases less experienced. But yeah, people, everyone, people are people and people like genuine when people are genuine with each other and honesty. So right. that goes a long way. No, I agree 100%. Being like honest and transparent right away, I think that helps build the relationship to let them know that like you're not going to just wing it and lie to them and give them information that's wrong. And then, like I was talking about earlier, finding out the answer to that question sooner than later helps along in the process. And confidence too. Yeah. Just you don't have to you don't have to know everything to be confident, but just being confident in the answers you do know and being confident in just telling the truth. And uh, like when, when you're when you people can tell when you're confident and when you were kind of like, uh, and I've been in that situation, too, especially my first few showings. I was like, I remember my first one. I couldn't open the lock on the door <laughs> and I had like the closest thing to like a non-active heart attack. Panic like, attack. Yes, I did not. I was I was freezing. I was shaking and the door just magically opened. <laughs> Which window am I going to break? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so. Divine intervention. Yes, it was. Yeah, no, I was praying, so that probably <laughs> happened. Uh-oh. I was feeling so confident yeah. about you until two minutes ago. <laughs> well, I think that's probably happened to all of us, where you're at the door and people are looking at you. and Or you, keys fall between you the deck boards. Yeah, that's never happened to me ever. Honestly, just like cracking a joke and being like, wow, these doors are really tricky sometimes. Or just something <laughs> slick just helps cool it over. Yeah. All right, we, te- we beat technology most of the time, but not, not yeah. 100% not doors. of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, even if you aren't a newer agent, doors, keys, super boxes, ice on winter. all of those, yep. winter, it's just not great sometimes. Yeah, so. well, I, I've been on like properties, like, where the super box is just hidden. And yes. I can't find yeah. it. Like I can't on, find on it. condo projects, they'll be like, yeah. oh, it's on the bike rack. There's 30 bike racks. And you're like, huh. Yeah, that's why like now, like an example of just learning from not necessarily mistakes, but just get into a property maybe five minutes earlier to make sure you can lock down that super box so <laughs> you don't look silly, you know, looking around for it. Even it's, those moments, just kind of laughing it off. Like most people, like it's, you know, it's not that serious. We'll find the key, but. I used to carry a small butane torch in the winter because it'd be frozen, it'd be ice and stuff up there. Carry a small butane torch and thaw it out. That's a good idea. I just beat it onto the concrete. (laughs) It worked. That's what they're durable. Yeah, you (laughs) can supposedly run a car over them and they still won't open. Oh, really? Not that we've tried that. No, that's what the MLS, that was one of the bragging points, that you can't get them open. You could run a car over it. That'd be a cool skit, though, for the podcast. Yeah, TikTok. run over. Yeah, take the truck. And We've tried to get. I mean, like I think I bent one of my screwdrivers trying to get one open. <laughs> like they're they're not coming open. So trying to break no. into one. Safety to test first. It. The battery died. Mm-hmm. So there's a battery inside there that dies, and then if you can't get it open, because it won't respond. Because it's electric. there's a battery. In the oh, okay. 
I guess yeah. there has to be, yeah, because mm-hmm. there's Bluetooth. And if yeah. they die, you have to call the MLS and send out a box. Or th- I think we dropped it off, or they came and got the box. Yeah, that one. They it. came and got the box, and then they took it to their locksmith, and then I think they mailed us a key. I mean, how do you even monitor the battery life on a super? It's just a bad surprise. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's a new agent. You may have that in the next twenty years. Yeah. So if you go and the little red light doesn't turn on. Run. Okay. (laughs) Carry it with you as you're running, though. (laughs) Okay. It's not you. It's me. No. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Uh, Just invested in some pretty stellar lockboxes, though, so you're not always going to have that problem. (laughs) Yeah, Luke and I invested, or actually, I invested in the the, uh, combo boxes. Pretty sweet. They light up. They're hidden, so nobody else can use them. They don't run out of battery. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Fancy. Hmm. technology all right would you guys like to show off some of your knowledge we can make our best attempt we can make a valiant effort (laughs) all right um why don't we start with so for our listeners they have no idea what we're going to ask so um can you tell me what i should do if i am writing over asking on a property by $20,000 and I'm in massive competition and um, there's a chance the property might not appraise. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I can, I can start if you mm-hmm. want to just kind I'll of take team. Yeah, go off me. Okay. Um, then I think we would talk about appraisal coverage, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if we could just go in and just kind of assume that it would, uh, appraise at what it's listed at and then we talk about having the cash aside to cover that um gap between list price what we think it's going to appraise at and what you want to offer because the bank will only finance you for what the property's worth so we want to be prepared that if we go twenty thousand over that we would have that cash to back up the offer yeah especially coming out of the market we were just in a couple months ago where people were um going absurdly above the asking price, like 50, 70, even like even plus over the asking price, there's a 0% chance that that property is going to appraise at the value. So, I mean, when the lender sends their assessor, I mean, you know, they're going to do that. So you can kind of foreshadow that issue. And if you're coming in way over list price, like you said, um, having that conversation with your buyer, making sure, seeing if they're comfortable with covering that appraisal gap in case the bank can't finance your deal. Because if your bank can't finance your deal, and you're not covering that appraisal gap, the deal's going to fall through. Um, and then the sellers, you know, a good seller's agent will foreshadow that too, and your offer will be less, less likely to be accepted if if you're going way over the ask price and you don't have any appraisal coverage. So right. I think sometimes, like, it's easy to forget about that. Like, people are fixated on the purchase price, but you're not going to get that money if it doesn't appraise. So especially in a hot market like the one we're coming out of, that, that became extremely relevant, and it was almost a necessity that you had to have some kind of appraisal coverage to, to be it competitive with your offer so pop quiz if it if the property appraises for less than what it was listed at and you had appraisal coverage that covered the difference down to that list price but not below then what do you do to try and keep a deal together uh wait i just want to make sure Mm -hmm. so the it appraises at the exact amount below that you have offered for appraisal coverage no, so it, it 
um, let's say, let's just use numbers. Yeah. So it's um, the property is listed at 100,000. You wrote at 150,000. You covered 50, mm-hmm. but it appraised at 75. Okay, so you still have the 25,000 to make up. Mm-hmm. Then you want to talk to the seller and negotiate. Well, if you want to talk to your buyer first to see what they're able to do, um, even if you have appraisal coverage written at the offer, they can still come back and cover more if they're able to. So you want to explore what your options are, but then you you have a little bit of leverage with, with the seller because um, you, you didn't have that written into the offer. So they, they can come, you can have them come down in price. You can try to meet them in the middle, but it's ultimately a matter of if you want to keep the deal alive, negotiating with them to see what they're comfortable with, both your buyer and the seller, what they're capable of, and then communicating something that works out for everybody. But you can, yeah, I mean, sometimes they'll just come down and then you'll get a nice $50,000 off of your home because it didn't appraise. Uh, sometimes they are not willing to do that. Um, but well, I think think you'd be surprised how much they're willing to negotiate because the chances are if your bank, if your bank doesn't appraise a property um, that and another buyer comes along, their lender is probably not going to be able to appraise a property either. So no matter right. who they're dealing with, unless they have absurd appraisal coverage, they're going to run into the same issue. So they're going to be wanting to negotiate with you. Can I ask a question now? Right. Yes. So I'm going to make it easier on you guys. <laughs> that was yeah. too deep. At the MLS, but did, but did you see how they yeah, handled it? Really They're good. ballers. Yeah. I yeah. I told you. Because I coach them. So because yeah, you coach them. Because <laughs> I trained them. Yeah. Right. So I'm gonna make it easier, easy on you guys. MLS data sheet. There's a column over there that shows square footage. Mm-hmm. Um, client wants to put in carpet. What do you tell them, based on the square footage or measurements on the sheet? What do you tell them? Uh. I'm if they want to put in carpet. So uh, I'm, I'm looking at the MLS sheet and I see it's a 10 by 10 room on the yeah. MLS sheet. I'm like, all right, I'm going to order a 10 by 10 piece of carpet from that bedroom. What um, we'd probably want to verify the dimensions of the room, specific room that they're wondering about. Right. You, you're talking about if they want to put carpet in an unfinished part of the property. Just based on the MLS sheet, I want to put, I want to replace the carpet. Yeah, they're going to go to Home Depot and buy carpet based on the dimensions on the MLS sheet. I would yeah. definitely me- measure. Yeah, right? measure. Yeah. You know why? I mean, I it says, it says, it literally says in the MLS notes, yeah. buyer to verify if yep. material, because so, yep. that's the that's the assessor's estimate yep. a lot of times. And they, I mean, yep. I don't know if you necessarily want to take their estimate for like explicit value because if your buyer's going out and buying carpet and he buys too little or too much too right. much i guess is a better problem than too little but you don't want to buy more than you have to now you if, right. if that's a thing you want to go in there and you want to take your measurements so you know exactly what you get right like it's a good it's a good uh point of reference to gauge how big the property is and it i'm sure like i don't know the percentage accuracy that it has to be but if if you're actually doing stuff putting carpet in the property that sort of thing you'll want to take your tape measure out or your laser measure Mm. Laser measure. Yeah. 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 Like you were saying, it says in the MLS, like buyer to verify dimensions if ap- applicable. We didn't knock uh, that out. Yeah. <laughs> Can't talk. Applicable. Um, I can text it though. Applicable. Applicable? Yeah. applicable. 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 Sorry. Is that the answer you were applicable? looking for, Matt? Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Was yeah. <laughs> I think you needed to be a little more specific. I was, yeah, I didn't understand that first. I was like, carpet the, actual- the whole house or what? <laughs> but yeah, good questions. Good job, Luke. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. All right. So if you have a buyer, like let's say she's like Princess Jennifer. (laughs) Oh, man. Anybody? Yeah, you guys remember her? Um, Let's say that Princess Jennifer wants to win at all costs, and she has an extreme budget, 
and she's going to be very upset if she doesn't win the offer. What can you do to make sure that her offer is going to be the one that um, wins on price? There's a lot of things you can do to make an offer look better. Uh, maybe I'll just say a few things. You can kind of backpack off of yeah, it. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I mean, depending everything that we do, I just want to say when we're talking about making your offers look stronger, um, it's just kind of guidance from us. It's what obviously at the end of the day you're comfortable with. But uh, I'll just give a couple things to start. You can start with waiving the home inspection. Um, that looks good to sellers. Again, at your own comfort level, if you like the condition on the property when you saw it, if you looked at the real estate condition report from the previous owners and you thought it looked good, then waive it. That looks great to sellers. Um, just another, again, there's a lot you can do. But another thing is uh, you can put more earnest money down right away. Uh, a lot of people typically do like 1% one to 2%. And earnest money is like good faith money. You're showing the seller you're serious. Uh, that money's paid typically within three days of an accepted offer, and it goes towards your down payment at closing. But I think putting more money up front can also help make your offer look stronger. Um, Luke, you got some more things to add? No, that, that's, those were, yeah, I agree with every single one of those. I mean, obviously, highest purchase prices you want, waive the inspection, appraisal gap like we talked about earlier. And then, like, there are things that aren't as intuitive that you, can do to help them win too and we talked about like communication being important but if you talk to the seller or the list agent before you even write the offer in you can get information like when do they want to close like what other terms do they want like what's included with the offer and if you can do your best to match what the seller wants in terms of that those things um not not everyone does that they kind of just they'll people write an offer and then they'll they'll the main, main points of focus will be the purchase price and then maybe they'll waive an inspection. But if you can say, hey, when do they want to close? And they give you a mm -hmm. date and you, 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 know, you work with that date that they give you or if there's other right. things that in the offer that they want to be accommodated and you are willing to accommodate them, if the, goal is, if the goal is to win at all costs, then you want to do everything you can to make life easier for the seller. Right. And so obviously like purchase price, that sort of thing, waiving the appraisal, appraisal gap coverage. Um, but it communicating with them you can get a really good idea of what they're looking for right off the bat yeah. and uh, when you do submit that offer you know it's going to be clean and you know it's going to have what they're looking for yeah so, talking to the list agent is huge yeah massive absolutely um just one more thing i wanted to add uh, you could also go in with an escalation clause yeah you know um if you're going in even at like your highest and best and you're still and you're like well I'm willing to go higher than this, but I would like to go in at this point. So let's just say we go in 20000 over because Princess Jen really wants this house. She does. Princess Jen. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, she does. And she's but. like, okay, this is a lot of money going over to get the house, but I'm even willing to go up a little more if someone goes just, you know, above me. So we add in an escalation there, and maybe it's another 10000 all the way up to 30000 more. But we say, hey, if we go in at two, if we go, just for an example, if we go, well, house is listed at 100, we go in at 120 with an escalation up to 130 with $1,000 increments. This just gives us the advantage for Princess Jen that if someone comes in with, let's say, 123, then we have an escalation in there to beat them by $1,000 to 124. Yeah. You know? Oh, and if, if you're using the escalation clause, it works extremely well too if, and, if you're writing a clean offer. So if you're writing an offer that has no inspection, um, you're doing everything else right, the offer itself is clean and you have that escalation clause, I mean, then it works. It really works in your favor because you know that no matter what other offer comes in, even if even if they match your terms, you have the cleanest terms possible. So the only thing more you can do is go over the purchase price. So the escalation clause enables you to get to that point 
the minimum that that you know a thousand dollars over the next highest bidder. But if the rest of your offer is perfect, then you're going to win every time because right. there's there's no other way that they can beat it. Right. right. Obviously, in cash too. Cash is king. So cash if you can king. get your buyer to pay with cash, that cash you're looking good. Mm-hmm. So Luke, I'm going to direct this one to you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, talk to me about holding tanks. Oh. Oh, do we have to? <laughs> Do you want like I want to know what how, how you get to the want yes. my yeah, experience, my conclusion? Yeah. Yep. Okay, uh like <laughs> stay stay away from holding tanks if if possible. Because, well, why did you have to have one though? Well, if possible is the key word because sometimes it's not possible. Um we had yeah, we worked on the transaction and that was a deal that I was I was referring to earlier when Matt and I spent countless minutes trying to figure out what the heck to do. Um but no other property um we had the offer on the property accepted, and then when the ins- during the inspection process, we found out that the septic had failed because it was a 40-plus-year-old septic, and no one had gotten it inspected in a long time. Um, and, you know, you, you want to fix that so the deal doesn't die. Um, but we, we it was an entire process of us talking to tons of septic guys, inspectors, city, city people, municipality people, um, like looking at the code, figuring out what we can and can't do, and the consensus was that, you can't put a new septic in that property because the codes have changed since 40, 40 years ago when it was originally installed. It was, it was fine, but the code has changed. Other rules and regulations have changed, and it's not, it's not even legally possible to put in a septic system, or it, it wasn't possible to put in a mound system either. And uh, at first we were like, eh, well, are you sure about that? But no, the more people we talked to, the more and more confirmation we got, and then it became a matter of the only feasible option was a holding tank. So a holding tank... They, they, they work fine. Um, the, the only thing is to be aware of them if you have buyers looking for a property um, and it has a holding tank is that they have to get pumped once once to twice or once every one to two months. And it's, you know, could be one to $200. And it's just, you have to take that into consideration too. Um, it doesn't necessarily require as, as much servicing, but you have to have that company come out and pump it all the time too. Um, and that's just people... Holding tanks aren't all that common anymore, so people don't necessarily know that that's that's kind of what comes with the package when you get a home with the holding tank. So just maybe not stay away from it at all costs, but make sure you understand what the deal is with the holding tank and that your buyer understands what that is going to entail. Because if they come into the the deal and they it has a holding tank and they have no idea they have no experience with the holding tank they're going to be unpleasantly surprised when they're getting billed every couple of months to have it pumped. There's an alarm going off. Um, telling you it's full. You may not go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, stop. Yeah, stop. No. Yeah. No. I. Uh, <laughs> it was this, funny. I was this topic and subject. Just one thing just makes me smile all the time because very seldom do people actually deal with the uh, holding tanks. But as a new agent, you know, we had to go through that whole process to learn all about holding tanks. Yeah. But yeah. well, now I. Now I know all that Luke stuff. Luke is I now our blank you. expert. Yeah, Jake just called me the other day. Jake Jake called me on the phone and he said, so I hear you are uh, the holding tank mastermind. And I'm like, I don't know who but gave you that title. Thing. You that learn and me. then you right, become. Right, right. No, and um, knee deep in. Now I know yeah. what I, yeah, now I know what I didn't know before. And, the honey wagon. Yeah. Yeah, but you never wanted to know and now it's permanently in your brain yeah. Yeah. but it's learned. one of those things as a new agent to have to go through that that's how you learn yeah that's how you learn what's how it works well we both yeah. learned a lot from yeah, that didn't we right yeah yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah just because you're not a brand new agent you, no. sometimes well, we get to learn things too i mean it's been you know, 24 years i don't know that i've had to deal with holding tanks before maybe one or two but nothing that has to be replaced yeah i just knew that they had to get pumped and there was that expense there but 
Aliens. Yeah. Breaker Breaker 1-9. <laughs> oh, that was weird. Mm-hmm. That was new. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, take advantage of the excitement. Yeah. Well, <laughs> since we had that weird little hiccup, I'm going to take this time. We're going to take a break. And I'm going to cut you to a listing spotlight video. So this is a video that I actually pre-recorded with Gracie. We're going to talk about a property that you should check out. I got in my notes here that there's this listing that is worth mentioning. And so I wanted to do a special little shout out today for 4359 Memorial Circle. Have you seen this place? Yeah, I have. It's really pretty. My favorite thing about it is the mix between the traditional and open concept. It feels very homey and comfortable, but it's also, it has a really great flow. You can move through the space and everyone can kind of talk to each other no matter where you are, but it's also comfortable. Yeah, it's spacious for sure. It's a Mm -hmm. four bedroom, two and a half bath. That first floor definitely has that modern feel what a lot of people are looking for these days with that open concept. But then it's also got that flex room in the front. Yeah, I think now more than ever is a good time to have a flex space just because you never, Yeah, we've learned a lot. You never know what you're going to need some space for. Another nice thing that I really liked about this place was the backyard Mm -hmm. with the patio. It's huge. Yeah, I think it's 25 by 25. Wow, you know your stats. I'm impressed. Um, (laughs) 25 by 25. And I think they installed it this year or last year. It's very recent. It's very new. It's a great space to hang out in the beautiful backyard. Yeah, the deck, the the deck, fresh paint, the patio looks super nice. Oh, it's a three car garage. Mm-hmm. I love the ensuite in the primary bedroom. It's got two walk in closets, two walk in closets, a double vanity, a separate tub. These are the f- original homeowners of this property. I think it's a 2013 property. It was built by Tim O'Brien Homes, and I know because I'm building a Tim O'Brien home right now. They definitely put some upgrades in that bathroom yeah. because that is an upgraded feature the way that's laid out. It's pretty slick. <laughs> that's good to know. <laughs> good to know. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quiz you. What's the other really nice feature about the second floor? Oh, the laundry room. Yeah. Is on the second floor, which is so convenient. Heck yeah. Gracie, I appreciate you taking the time to, to talk about this property. Can you tell us the address one more time? Yeah. The address is 4359 Memorial Circle in Windsor, Wisconsin. Awesome. Thanks for chatting with me today, Gracie. Thanks, Jacob. Yeah. All right. That's a pretty awesome property, huh? Holding tank? And no holding tank. No holding tank. No holding tank is a selling point for me. So So I want to hear the words of wisdom from you guys now that you're experienced Um, agents. I think there's probably a lot of experienced agents that may not have even been able to answer the questions that you just had as tactfully as you did. So Mm -hmm. you guys are great. Thank you, John. Thank you. See the confidence right now? So yeah. Right? Good job, Luke. Just to win for my puff your, yeah, puff wisdom, your chest out. Yeah. Uh, but no, I was just thinking about a few things today. Just some advice when you're, you know, looking for a new home or whatever, just to consider that I think are little things that people don't always think about. Um, just a starting, uh, when you're starting like with the process, just having a game plan, um, you know, it, every property, like you might fall in love with one, and maybe it doesn't get accepted or maybe it takes you a little while to find the right house. But I mean, when you get an accepted offer, just having a game plan and making sure you're like, you're aware of what's going on with your life, like around closing or when you'll be moving and, you know, not waiting till the last minute to move, um, everything, just having a game plan, I think is important. Um, I also think 
when you're looking for homes, just like if you look at a home and you fall in love with it, drive around the neighborhood, you know, get a feel of the neighborhood, uh, make sure it seems like it's a right fit for you. You know, go take a look at the surrounding areas. What, what shopping centers are around, what restaurants are around. Maybe there's a restaurant you never heard of before. Go try it out. You know, this is going to be your community. And I think it's important to look at all the other aspects rather than just the home itself, you know, just be aware of like the location and what's around you and make sure it's a good fit for you. Uh, Luke, anything to add to that? I like that. Having, having a game plan is really, is really important um, (laughs) because, well, there's a lot of moving parts to real estate transactions and you just want to know, yeah, want to have all your bases covered, especially when you're dealing with an asset that large, Um, having a game plan. Yeah. Just making sure you know what's going on. And then a lot of that obviously is communicating with the agent that you're working with and other your lender to other all the parties that you're working with to make sure that things are are going as they should. And um, honestly, for me, it's not on its face an easy process, but you can make it as easy of a process as possible by preparing yourself, managing expectations, and then familiarizing yourself with the process before you even enter it. And that way, when you're ready to hop into the home search, you know what to expect, and there will be minimal surprises. But there might all, right. I mean, in real estate, there's always surprises here and there. So it's just about right. preparing as best as you can. Right. And school districts. School districts are a big one. But, you know, just a lot of little things that not everyone thinks about that should be considered when you're making a big transaction like this in your life. You know, well, make sure it's right for you and your family. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, that's why when you are ready to make that decision, um, Luke.HomeTeamFree.com or <laughs> Brendan.HomeTeamFree.com. Yeah, we will we, take care of you guys. We will be happy to help Shameless you in plug. any way possible. <laughs> a boy. But mm-hmm. primarily Luke.HomeTeamFree.com. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, bro. Yeah, you too. Matt is so proud right now. Yeah. I'd recommend Luke. I'd recommend you anytime. I'd recommend you too. Oh, but I'm so. recommending both of us oh, right so now. Much. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd Excuse recommend me, me more. No. <laughs> <laughs> There's enough house. There's there's enough houses to go around for the both of us, Brandon. Yeah. yeah. All right now, yeah, social distance, you guys. <laughs> yeah, we're good. We're good. Yeah. All right. So now we're getting people all the houses. We've done that. We wanted to talk a little bit about furniture and what's going on with furniture because of COVID. Have you guys heard anything? Yeah. You know, I've I've heard a little bit. Uh, sounds pretty crazy. I haven't been furniture shopping for myself. So I haven't experienced it firsthand, uh, Luke. You well, my definition of furniture shopping, <laughs> being a Here we go. college student that lives downtown Madison, is going to be very different from Matt and Jen's <laughs> why version. Why didn't you tell us about it, Luke? Oh, it's it's honestly awesome. Well, depending on how you look at it, let's just say if you want any type of furniture, whether or not it's a couch, love seat, mattress, table, dresser, anything. Yeah, just. Drive down the streets of downtown Madison during move-in, move-out week, and oh. you'll find anything you want. Quality, there's no quality guarantee. That's that's the only downside. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's no warranty. No warranty. No but warranty. there's plenty of inventory. Maybe bugs. Plenty of inventory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Little extra yeah. critters. So, yeah. We, uh, has, yeah. We, we're not ordering our furniture. We are we're taking the pickup truck around, and um, we're scavenging. It's called budget shopping. It's budget shopping. It's, it's efficiency shopping. It's called hippie Christmas. <laughs> hippie Christmas. Yeah. Call it what you want. <laughs> It's called budget shopping when you Total don't have a budget. Yeah. yeah. I have this whole thing that um, I want to have our house. Now, tell me if you can envision what this is. Matt thinks that go. I'm completely insane. Mm. I want industrial, modern, beachy vibe. No such thing. And mm. it's going to be wood. Luke's got his hands up. Yeah, wood, 
and glass and metal. Kind of a feel. Okay. Blues, tans, whites. Yeah. Don't get me started on blue furniture. Blue <laughs> I think industrial, modern, or beachy, beachy modern. I'm having a hard time visualizing yep. industrial beachy Thank modern. You. If I saw pictures, maybe like that would that would it's jog something. No, I'm sure I'm sure it is, but I'm just my mind can't I'm, um, consolidate all those things into one nice image. So yeah, so I'm it's curious now. Hard. It, it makes me think of like a concrete floor, mm-hmm. and then you walk out to the sand, and then the concrete floor is really easy to clean up because it's you're always on the beach, but hmm. I could see the metal stuff. I, I mean, the beach vibe wouldn't be that hard. It's the beach colors. It's so beach color. Like so blue blues and tan and white. Okay. I mean, blues can go with that's, gray. That's your metals are metals are gray. So gray goes with everything. So you that, get kind of industrial looking lights, right? You have glass. You have metal on your walls. Mm-hmm. You have kind of shabby, chicy looking kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But then you have all those kind of beachy colors. But it's it's modern. It's not like farmhouse. Matt wants a farmhouse. Sounds sounds very unique. So um, anyway, furniture shopping with me is a blast. No. <laughs> As Carson's reclining, we took the kids with us. Mm-hmm. The first time we went, went furniture shopping with the kids, Carson was probably seven, so Kate would have been nine. Oh, they're both <laughs> they're both running around the store in the vibrating chairs. And yeah, they're in the vibrating yeah. chair. Just <laughs> yeah. and we're like, oh my god, our kid <laughs> is like gonna get trapped in the vibrating chair. <laughs> Did you get the vibrating chair? No. 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 Oh. no, that was like thousands and thousands of dollars. We're like, yeah, he's going to break it. The only time you use a vibrating chair is when you're at the store shopping for things yeah. and you see a vibrating chair that you can sit down sit in. Down and you're like the chair. Or you, you just need to go to minute. the furniture store and sit in one because they're <laughs> <Yeah>. free there. <laughs> I have I have one. You do? You do? Yeah. yeah. My, my cousins had one. And then my they like. My mom has one. My daddy has no, one. No, no, no. Like, they, they like <laughs> stop using it. And it was like in their garage. And one day I was like, hey, can I steal that? And then I, I gave it to Anna as a Christmas present. What? Oh, you, re-gifted, nice. you re-gifted her a chair? Uh, it was a massage you. chair. Like, it's pretty dope. Like, I would never go out and buy one. But if I can get one They're for expensive. free. Yeah, they are. You still have it? Yeah, I use it all the time. Bring it to the office. No way. That would be great. thing is so heavy. You could sit in that instead of this metal chair that I'm sitting in now. Yeah, Matt would like massage chairs down here. For a podcast. (laughs) It's black and like fake leather. Pleather. Pleather. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so we went and like picked out all this stuff and then they're like, oh, it could be eight to ten months. That is insane. So it sounds like what happened is that um, with how the COVID shutdowns were across the states, there were several states that were still open so they were still selling furniture. furniture. Stores were, the stores were open. Yeah, the, the, the stores were open, so they were selling mm-hmm. the furniture. But where the specific company's uh, plants were, they were all in states that were closed. Okay. So the orders were still coming in, but the plants were closed. Okay. So they're mm-hmm. so behind. So is there like an outlook for when they're going to catch up? Ever eight to ten months. Eight to ten months. Eight to yeah. ten months. That's, that's when, when you're going to get your that's furniture. When you get the furniture. I mean, that's but when they catch up. If you order your furniture eight to ten months out from now, how how long do you have? How long are you going to have to wait? You're going to get think, it instantaneously, or is it going to be well, another no, six months? I think at some point they get get it figured out. I mean, it's the same as housing. I mean, the same yeah. supply and yeah. demand issue we had then. There, but there's we went to somewhere mm. else, and the somewhere else place. Uh, 
there's a couple different options and they I said well where's your furniture from and they're like oh I think they make it in Vietnam or somewhere so whereas mm-hmm. these were in the US that first mm-hmm. company and so the place that made it out of the country we could potentially get it by October so but they had a one-year warranty instead of a five-year yeah they had a one-year mm-hmm. warranty on their motor we're like oh that doesn't seem that great Go for that mic. Mm-hmm. And then there's also like online companies where you can just have them ship it and they seem to think that they can ship it quickly. But Some assembly required. So there's ah. it's this big hodgepodge of like, do you take a chance of buying something that is off the internet that may or may not be comfortable because right. you can get it or right. do you like sit on the floor for eight months? <laughs> get, yeah. get the one year warranty furniture and then... Yeah within that year make sure the warranty gets used so you can pay for the the one that was on backlog for <laughs> a year yeah wow. uh, we learned that you know for the the power stuff on furniture do you know the and then your little leg goes up and it reclines that yeah. yeah that they have little battery backup packs so you don't have to try and make sure that it's by the plug so I like learned power that. supplies. Yeah, little power supplies that you can put on each couch. Or chair. Or chair. Because I was just like, we could never get that because we don't have enough plugs or whatever. And mm, I thought we would right. have, you know, extension cords and like rugs hiding all these extension cords. Right. And they're like, no, lady, we just go to Amazon. I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. Hmm. We learned. It's 120 bucks, I think, for the power supply. Yeah, but then you have to like recharge it every so often. So it's just one more thing, but... I can't that believe that. Eight to ten months. Well, I'll mm. tell you what. Mm. I'll do my part. Mm. In, the order next year, in the next year, I will not buy a new couch to help them catch up. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Me neither. Me neither. Thanks, guys. You're Matt, in, I'll, yeah, I'll welcome. pick you up this weekend. We'll go uh, we'll scrounge yeah. the, the streets of downtown Madison. So we'll Jacob get you some is, temporary yeah. furniture. And yeah. Jacob mm. has vetoed one of you guys because he's going to have to buy furniture at some point. Um, my wife might veto me, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I want furniture. I want new furniture so bad. Why? What's wrong with your old furniture? I hate it. Why? I hate you it. Got a vibrating chair. What more do you want? Well, it's a massage chair. <laughs> let's be clear. Let's okay. not call it a vibrating chair. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a special. Could call no, it a vibo chair. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, no. that that's staying. But our couch just sucks. I don't like it. <laughs> sucks. It hurts my back. It's and it's just. I Yucky. bet Luke and uh, Brenda and would take it. Plus, our cats yeah, totally no, ruined I it. Just, I just got new furniture. Um, Where'd you get your furniture? Um, no, my... Uh, Blair Street. <laughs> East my Smith girlfriend's Lynn. parents, they got new furniture like two years ago, and they, they hated it. So they were like, when we moved into a new place, they are like, here, take all of ours. So, nice. That's yeah. nice. We Matt, had a nice Matt's deal. parents gave us furniture like that when we got our first house. Yeah, it was really nice. I mean... It's nice. It's not the coziest, but it works, and I didn't have to pay for it, so I'm thrilled. Yeah, it's a good thing. I bought uh, a nice IKEA couch that like folds out into a queen size or like full size bed, like a Murphy bed, but not no, in no, it's different, it's like a futon kind of. I don't know how to explain it. It's IKEA. It's, it's IKEA. Like you pull the bottom, and it like, like. Becomes a bed. It's got like it's like an L, like not an L-shaped couch, but you know, like one side of the couch like is super extended, so like feet go on it. Are those called a sectional? Nope. It's not a sectional. It's called a lounge. It's a lounge. Yeah, it's like where you where your therapist tells you to sit down. Yeah, but then you like pull the bottom out, and then it becomes (coughs) a bed. Anyhow, that couch is now total trash too. So. 
Thanks, That's cats. the thing. It's like you hate to spend a ton of money, wait eight months, and then you're just going to wreck it. Yeah. Right. That's <laughs> Luckily, now our kids months. are old enough that, because, I mean, we got we our wait last long enough, stuff be moved out. at our Ikea. Because, <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, we if you figure if we get that stuff eight to ten months, we won't have furniture, like the new furniture for, like, the holidays. Not my birthday. Matt's birthday next April ish. Maybe, maybe. maybe. I mean, Happy I think birthday. saying like eight <laughs> to ten months is like a big range. Like that's two month span where you're like, well, maybe we'll get it now. Plus it's eight, sixty days. Plus eight more months. <laughs> yeah. Right. I know. Yeah. Well, I think maybe the they're going to be able to get caught up because there's going to be a lot of people like us that just might just end up wait. going to the place that can get it in three months. Yeah. Because we're like, we got nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. Probably. Yeah. Be big sleeping bags. Yep. Yahoo. And lawn chairs. Yeah. yeah. Lawn chairs. You can get lawn those. Chairs. You can get those now. Arondike chairs. I can, I can sell you a couple lawn chairs, man. <laughs> that you picked up off the street. Some of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I cannot confirm well, or deny where I got these a chairs. Working lawn chair is a working lawn chair. That's right. Yeah. And not discriminate. Until it like. Until it collapses. Collapses. Yeah. And then I'll sell yeah. you another one. <laughs> i give you a warranty. <laughs> Replacement coverage. One minute warranty. But yeah, the the one year motor warranty was a little like, shouldn't it last at least like five years? Well, or two years. You keep mm. calling it a, a motor warranty. Mm-hmm. Like, why is it? Is there a motor in the couch? Yeah, that's how yeah, it moves it's the, it's, operates it's like the. Oh, did you, you missed that part about the ring. Oh, I got it. I just it's kind of like your. Mo- <laughs> see, I just think of like cars and boats when you say motor. I guess I it could be a little tiny, yeah, a little tiny, a little tiny mm-hmm. guy. Yeah, one of the last times Matt and I went furniture shopping, our kids were little, and we they had furniture, and it it was just starting to have the power. Mm-hmm. A couch was like. I think the set was like $10,000. We did not buy that set. We did not buy it, but I was like, oh my gosh, I really, really love this. And then we went home and we're like, but our kids will destroy it. It's a lot of money. So we went and got Ikea. <laughs> Ikea. Some similar request. I gotta go to Ikea. Ikea is clutch though. Like it, Ikea is fun. It is fun. I know that's what I hear and I haven't been there yet. I don't know if fun's, it's an experience. The, fun's not Maybe the right we word. should have a team field trip to Ikea. It's adventurous. Oh, it's should. Not, it's That'd be not, awesome. You said fun. Did you say fun? I said fun. I, I love Ikea. I like Ikea. I always I went fun? there on our anniversary. I, it, but only, I, I said it. I said it. You, yeah, he have you ever been there? Yeah, I've been there several times. It's not fun. It's Ikea. It's not Ikea. No, he doesn't like it. It has to be a special event for me to get him to go because he has to put everything together because he's freakishly handy. You get meatballs at the end. What? What? They have food there. Yeah. It's they're sweet. It's Swedish, so you get. So it'd be shreddy balls. They yeah. have a a whole restaurant there. <laughs> All right, I'm yeah. going to IKEA soon. Yeah, it's awesome. You go. You you do like this. It's little, not awesome. You go yeah. through this tour. It's like a little. Like there's it's like, like an amusement path. park for furniture. You just go through this path, this maze, yeah, and there's like awesome. there's like little shortcuts. If <laughs> it's you know a the shortcuts. huge building. It's, yeah, and it's just like here's all the kids. But stuff. at the here's end, all the beds. There's food, mm-hmm. and they feed you. Yeah, I don't yeah. if you give them money. You don't have to buy anything, Matt. You can just appreciate the ingenious engineering that goes into some of these. That's right. Like as long as I don't have to furniture. buy it, and as long as I don't have to put it together, I can right. appreciate it from afar. Right. That's why you have Google. It's fun. Ikilia.com. You're such a budge kill. Budge kill? Buds. Buzz. Buzz kill. Such a budget kill. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, that's the thing. He's like, I don't want to spend a lot of money, but he doesn't want to put it together. Yeah. Ikea's Mm -hmm. cheap. It's reasonable. I mean, our furniture. It's not hippie Christmas That we had. I mean, we Mm -hmm. people bought our old Ikea furniture. That's why we have no furniture. But I mean, people liked it. So it's not like Ikea furniture is crap. No. Yeah. 
it's just work for me and it came with a bazillion pieces and then there there's always extra screws and then we're like what do we do wrong <laughs> yeah you quick throw them away before you realize you have extra screws it's like i know nothing I like I like their instructions though because there's no words. It's, yeah. it's universal, so it's, it's all right. just like cartoon drawings. They, like <laughs> any language will do. You don't need to read words. Yeah, Matt won't actually read instructions. He if he gets stuck, he'll be like, "Okay, you figure it out and you read it." But I'm not anywhere near where he's at in his process, so I'm like, uh, "Are you in step A?" It's no fun step to read B? instructions. I like the picture instructions. I think written instructions are, are like too wordy, horrible. Yeah, I was, well, this is somewhat related, but on another note, not related at all. <laughs> I blew, uh, I blew my tire the other day and I, um, I, it was really weird how to change it. Cause you had to take like this big pole and stick it through the, the, I don't even know what the thing on the back is called and then turn it and drop the tire from below. But I was reading the instructions. It was like a page of instructions and uh, I was on the side of the highway kind of freaking out, but I was reading them and my brain wasn't processing the words. Mm-hmm. Like if I just had pictures showing what to do, yeah. I would have gotten it done like that. But no, it took me an hour and a half. Yeah, take the tire iron and crank down the spare. Yeah, I had to reach in like the side paneling yeah. in the trunk of the yeah. door and undo this latch, grab like a satchel that had all the tools I needed. And the, like it was, it was, um, Secret dead it was a satchel. something else. It was a learning experience. Remember that time you fixed Emily's car? Kicking the tire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> literally. Yeah. I literally. went home. I went home to get my, Some, I don't know, something. There, there was back. no words for that one either. <laughs> <laughs> no. That, the instructions, like, every, yeah. we were trying everything. The car was jacked up. The tire was stuck. We couldn't figure out how to get it unstuck. And then Luke just comes over and just, like, just thrust kicks the thing like, <laughs> super hard and just knocks it loose. I'm like, oh, I forgot. I forgot about that. But yeah. no, you. I think you did take credit for loosening it up for me. So, oh, I I, I always take credit when yeah. I can. Yeah. So you're welcome. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for remembering that. <sighs> so I guess we can just uh, remind our audience that if they are looking for furniture, that they should be thinking futuristically. Yeah, like game planning. Like we we're game talking planning. about game mm-hmm. plan. Game plan. Yep, if you're thinking about it. Go team, ready, break. But number Mm. one, if you are like in the middle of a deal, don't Mm. buy your furniture till it's closed. But if you know you're going to need it, then um, go get it as quick as you can before after you get your mortgage. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you a question as a realtor. Mm -hmm. So you're looking to buy a house, but you don't want to mess with your credit score leading up to closing. So and it takes eight, six to eight months to buy stuff. I mean, should you be buying furniture before you even find the house you want? Where are you going to put it? I mean, well, if it's, it's six to it, eight to months, part of it is of you don't back- know what you, if you haven't found your house yet, you don't know what you need. I mean, how it's going to yeah. look in the house. Right. But if like it's your case and you're building, <laughs> talk to your lender. Yeah, <laughs> talk to your lender, not your realtor. Talk That's to your right. lender. Talk to your I lender. Would. Seriously, yeah. yeah. Because I mean, they may say, "Well, we're not going to pu- we're only going to pull your last two or three months of statements." So just make sure you do it before here, mm. or just paying cash. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. you have to take you still the cash have to show from the funds somewhere. Where it came from Bitcoin. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> yep, we won't tell them. Okay. All right. Well, I think we learned lots. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Thanks yeah. for having us. I cannot Thank believe you. I'm back here every time I'm Luke, back. Luke, I didn't even sh- bring up Dolly Parton. 
Oh, now yay. Now I did, I guess. Now you did. Hey, Dolly, what's going on? <laughs> I know who you are now. It's been three times. I've been lambasted and humiliated on podcast. <laughs> nope, nope. I Didn't nope. even bring it up this time. Nope. Didn't even bring it up this not time. We're not even we're definitely not talking not, about I'm not Dolly talking Parton. about Dolly Parton, and no, you're we're not, not knowing who she is. Right. Nope, not that, not at all. Nothing, <laughs> nothing yeah. like that. Yep. I'm, I'm, I don't know what's going on, but I'll just let it be. Brendan, do you know who Dolly Parton is? For the, yeah. No, don't answer. Don't answer? <laughs> I do know. I'm trying to respect my buddy's Luke's wishes here and just let it be. You don't so know I, who I, she I, is. I do know who she is. Who is she? She's like an actress or singer or something, right? Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah, she is. I didn't, even, I didn't even know yeah. that. I, I was like, who's Dolly Parton? The part about right, or something. Should, yeah, we're, or done something. Okay, we're done talking. We're done talking. Podcast over. Let's see, they got you too. I warned you. I warned you. Is that it? You just had to guess? Well, we'll go back and watch my first podcast and then you'll understand. <laughs> and the second one. <laughs> and my third. Is <laughs> that like a guest the house then? Uh, no, you'll have no. to watch it. Yeah. It was a let's, um, yeah, let's humiliate the, what generation am I? I don't know. I'm pretty you sure a millennial you're, or a Z? You're a Z or an alpha. I think you must you're be a Z. Z. You're a Z. I think I'm a Z. Z yeah. unit? Yeah. Z unit? I'm a Zoomer. Are you 2000? 1999. Yeah. I think we're millennials. What? I think we're millennials. No. I think no. I don't think so. No? I think maybe. I think I looked it up one time. Gen Z, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I really don't care. I'm a, I'm a lot. We're Zoomers. We're Zoomers. I'm a Zoomers. person. Okay. Yeah. We don't I'm use labels. We don't. Yeah. We're all people. And cut. <laughs> and scene. Um, I'll just say millennials are between twenty five and forty. Let's go. Oh, what am I? We're Zoomers. We're Gen Z. Yeah. We? Yeah. yeah. No, you're Gen, man. I don't care, Gen. dude. What's my Gen? You should. You should take Gen the right, right next to you. I'm an X. And on that, peace out. Hey, <sighs> if you're looking to buy or sell real estate in South Central Wisconsin. I think you know who to call. That's Luke.HomeTeam, the number for the letter U. Dot com. Or Brendan.HomeTeam for yes. U.com. Dot com. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. See you at the next one.